This is Story and Rain Talks, the Story and Rain podcast. I'm Tamara, founder and editor in chief. After over 20 years in the fashion and print magazine industries, I launched StoryandRain.com, the digital fashion, beauty and wellness, entertainment and lifestyle publication. And on this podcast, you'll get inside the story with the tastemakers and the trends that matter right now. From the actors you enjoy watching in TV and film to the most influential fashion and accessories designers, the costume designers responsible for all the on-screen style that makes its way straight to the streets, the beauty pros who set the trends in hair and makeup, the culinary creators who dream up all you want to eat and drink, the wellness experts who innovate in self-care and more, it's conversations with creatives, and we're exploring the origins or game-changing ideas and careers with those who are pushing culture forward. As a catalyst for creativity and through candid conversations with our community of cultural arbiters, we're your resource for discovering today's most interesting people, projects, and products with our high-low approach to style and the belief that magic exists in the diversity of mix. We're going to inspire you to live your most stylish life. Get inside the story right here. It's Story and Rain Talks. It's a great time of year to remain cognizant of personal wellness. And this week, we're doing just that with health coach, plant-based cook, Instagram pioneer, and co-founder of Clean Market, Lily Doran. Lily turned heads in the early days of Instagram with her gorgeous and healthy rainbow bright smoothie bowls. Maybe you remember them. On episode 121, we go back to that time and to all that went viral and why. We talk about the relationship that Lily forged with beauty and wellness legend and our episode 47 podcast guest, Bobby Brown. We get into all things Lily's fantastic cookbook, Good Clean Food, including the mask recipe included in its pages that she still relies upon today. We discuss her current self-care habits and diet and how those have evolved over the years. And since co-founding Clean Market, wellness spaces filled with a truly unique combination of doctor-led treatments from IV drips to lymphatic massage and more, along with a carefully handpicked best-in-class retail curation by Lily. She brings me to the beginning of her story and how her upbringing, along with some personal physical struggles, sparked her quest for better health. We get into detail about exactly how cooking at home turned into a social media pursuit and how she cooks and entertains today, her approach to work and to exercise, and how she creates work-life balance. Lastly, Lily fills me in on what's next, including her idea for a new book that's brewing involving children and more treatments at Clean Market. Lily shares her secrets for good, clean skin, what she's reading, wearing, and more. If you love this podcast, be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. And if you listen on Apple, give us a rating there. Thank you so much. And without further delay, on to Lily and a motivating episode 121. Hi. Hi. Have we met before? We have actually met before. It comes up in one of my questions for you because I think I know where we've met before. I think I do too. Lily, where did you grow up? Tell us a little bit about that. I know you grew up in, uh, you know, you grew up with food culture in your family. So you grew up making and creating with your family. Was making and creating limited strictly to the food culture you were surrounded by or were there other kinds of making and creating that you were interested in? I grew up with chefs in my family and I was around food all the time. And I think it was ingrained in me at a young age, kind of subconsciously that food is really important to how we feel, um, how we nourish others, how we welcome people into our household. Uh, There was always just a ton of healthy food on the table. Um, I was also super into art and creativity. So I took, I think my first art class that really clicked was in middle school, which was a commercial art class. So I was like cutting clippings from magazines and putting it all together. And I remember this one piece I did that was like the Andy Warhol, Marilyn Monroe piece. And I cut, I essentially made it out of little magazine clippings. 
I used to love to do stuff like that too. I've always been super creative and loved that type of expression. Who in your family was sort of health-minded? You talked about not only food, but healthy food. Was there anyone in your family that was sort of like really into nutrition and nutrients beyond that of, you know, anyone basically looking to make a meal? You know, it was so different back then. So health meant something so different. Yes. Yes. That's a very good point. Exactly. And so, you know, I would say home cooked was health minded. So we had a home cooked meal on the table every night, but you know, it was like traditional spaghetti with meat sauce or, um, roasted chicken with veggies and, you know, it was just traditional food. Making food at home was important. Exactly. Your journey towards health and wellness began with some of your own struggles with migraines early on in high school and through college brought on by consuming gluten. And it was a miracle when you stumbled onto that realization. What did you decide to study in college before you would come to realize that you wanted to connect your love of and experience with food growing up with a new design for the way you'd eat? To back up a little bit and how I arrived in wellness and health really was through my sickness that you mentioned. Um, And it really was a pivotal part of college as well, because I started to get migraines and vertigo and dizziness in high school. Probably it was about my sophomore year in high school and continued for like a four-year period through college. So it was something very present in my life for those four years. And I kind of tried everything under the sun to mitigate the headaches and get to the root cause. And I was trying acupuncture, which was more novel at the time again, and cranial sacral therapy. And I was also on medications that like my uncle was on for epilepsy, really strong stuff. Strong stuff. Um, Yeah. And at the end of the day, nothing was working. And so long story short, my grandfather in his, I guess he was in his mid seventies, early eighties, got diagnosed with celiac disease. And so I started looking into it. I had already been doing a ton of research, trying to kind of take things into my own hands um, for better or worse. You know, they say you shouldn't Google (laughs) what you have. And I, exactly. You can find anything and everything. That's right. Exactly. Um, but I did, you know, I was curious about what he was diagnosed with and he, so I, I researched celiacs and I saw in the long list of symptoms that headaches were one of the symptoms of celiac. Um, and, you know, I didn't know at the time if, if I had it or not, but I was desperate and I was kind of like, there's nothing to lose. So I eliminated gluten from my diet and, Honestly, in like 24 hours and over the course of the next week, I felt so much better and everything shifted. I was like headache free for the first time in four years. What a change to go from like living with that kind of chronic pain. It's really like a life-changing experience, right? Yeah, it was, it was really profound to have the experience of figuring out or, you know, learning that what we put in our body has such an impact on how we feel. And obviously that's not the case for everyone when it comes to gluten, but it is the case for other things. Um, And that really started my journey and exploration into the health focused part of cooking and food. And then later, um, you know, experimenting more with other food groups and how they had an impact on my acne or digestion or other things like that. So I was, I was studying economics actually. And um, I was an economics major in college. And actually like one of my most vivid memories was my sophomore year. And I was like gripping onto the seat in economics because I was just, the room was just completely spinning. I can't imagine studying economics with a migraine headache of that nature. Yeah, it was, it was tough. I would get migraines pretty much daily by like one o'clock. So I front loaded my days. Um, I went to lunch and then I got in bed because I felt sick. 
Um, and luckily I went to a small school. I went to Connecticut college mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm sure every school would be accommodating, but because it was a small school and we had super small classes, my professors were amazing. And it was something that I was able to get through. What then brought you to New York city? What was your first job in New York? Right out of college, I started working for a nonprofit network of public charter schools in low-income communities. And I actually spent a year in Boston right after college and then moved down to New York. I mean, I had, I think I had always wanted to be in New York. I went to college right outside New York, or not right outside, but you know, close by. So we had a huge group of friends in the city. So it was more about being in New York City than moving to New York City for a job. Yeah, I would say, yeah, I would say that. I I definitely had the option to stay in Boston and continue with my job there um, or pivot over to New York. We're going to talk about your book, Good Clean Food in Detail. But first, I want to talk about how your philosophy for Clean Food Dirty City, your blog, your Instagram account, were born. Take us back to that time in your life in New York when you were looking for grounding and to feel at home amid the buzzing energy of New York City. Generally speaking, you felt like there were only a few moments to spare in any given day for taking care of yourself. And you developed this weekly ritual with friends. Can you take us through those details in those days and also what you love to prepare most with friends at that time? It feels like such a long time ago now. It really started in my first apartment in the West Village, which was at Waverly between Six and Grove. It was a tiny like railroad apartment, three bedroom. Um, and I had two roommates that were friends. And then directly next door were three more friends from college. That is so rare. I lived in LA for a little period of time and I lived right across the street from a friend of mine. And I felt like that was so rare. And it was so great to have that. So you're surrounded by friends. Yeah, it was really rare and really special and something that is probably a lot harder to make happen now. Yeah, for sure. It was our first, essentially our first jobs out of college, either our first or our second, but it was, you know, within the first couple of years. Um, So we were working desk jobs from nine to five and kind of trying to figure out how to really fully take care of ourselves for the first time. And it was when I had to start fully cooking all of my own food with, you know, the restrictions that I now had in place, but also it was really exciting because I love to cook and I wanted to share it with my friends and share it with others. So essentially we had every single Monday night, we like watched the bachelor, the bachelorette. It was still good back then too. (laughs) I preface that by saying back when it was, it was good. Yeah. We have since quit. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, and we just made like really healthy, easy, fun recipes. And then, you know, I, I actually didn't start sharing the recipes until I moved apartments into a much bigger, much nicer, better lit apartment in Chelsea. And um, not, then I was really like, I can start this more of a photo diary of what I'm cooking at home. You know, there was a time you share this in your book where you as a group then like sort of you, you had this ritual of cooking together and then you added in exercise. By the way, the West Side Highway is my favorite place for that. I love that. And then you added in some self-care rituals like skincare masks. Why do you think Mm -hmm. you guys or you took things sort of to the next level? Food was the springboard, but What made you pursue more in terms of wellness, do you think? I think for me, it was kind of seeing the possibilities. Like it goes back to that moment of when I eliminated gluten and I had such a profound shift and it became kind of like a fun experiment to see the impact of other things on how we feel, how we look. So for example, like I had struggled with acne my entire life teenage years, college years, you know, I'm a highly sensitive person. So it still shows up today. I started experimenting with eliminating dairy and again, had this kind of the same reaction that my skin was so much better. It was pretty wild. So 
I think it was kind of that, you know, mixed with like that fun experimental spirit, but then also knowing that making these changes in our lives could really impact how we feel. You were just talking about how this practice and cooking and ritual that you had turned into sort of more of a photo diary moment for you, right? When did you launch your blog exactly? Was that like 2013-ish or around there? And I, I and when was that that you actually launched your blog? Do you remember? Yeah, it was around that time. I actually launched my Instagram first. Mm-hmm. And this was before not not everyone was on Instagram yet at this time. So you weren't posting with the intention of people to see it, you know, absolutely. You, could, you know, maybe a dozen of your friends were Absol- on Instagram. Absolutely. I mean, I was going to say that I feel like your content taken visual style coincided with the new Instagram culture in a way when you, you got started and everything kind of grew and developed. And I wonder for you, what was an epic turning point in terms of how and who you began to reach? When did you realize it was really taking off? Yeah, it was, it was a slow progression. So, you know, it's like you start getting more likes and it's really like, wow, how are people seeing this? This is pretty wild. Like something like this has not existed before. Um, People are commenting, asking for the recipe and, you know, it just, that kind of started ticking up. And then there were a couple moments. I think the first one was probably when Into the Gloss reached out to me to start contributing recipes based on my Instagram. And Carly Kloss posted that she had made one of my recipes from Instagram. Which one did she make? It was the, I believe it was the raspberry overnight oats. Yes. Okay. And again, you know, this was however nine or more years ago. Um, so overnight oats hadn't really become a sensation yet. It was new. Um, and that it was also when people reposting and posting moved the needle. So like overnight, I think I gained like 10,000 followers, which was insane. Yes. Wow. It's interesting to think about that now, how all of all of it has changed and how things are different now. A couple of reposts just exactly. kind of skyrocketed things for you. Yeah. So that was the first one. And then I think the second one was when Bobby Brown reached out to me and asked me to start cooking for her. How long did you cook for Bobby? So I never cooked for her consistently as like a personal private chef. But catering, um, right? Am I correct about catering? That? Exactly. Yeah. Catering one-off events, fundraisers. And then we worked on her book together, uh, Beauty from the Inside Out. Such a great project, such a great book. Bobby is another one of our beloved podcast guests. What have been your most popular pictures and posts over the years? It's changed again. So like back in the day, it was kind of those like artistic pop art smoothie bowls that I used to make. Um, that were like really graphic, bright colors on white backgrounds. And it was kind of that like perfectionist vibe. And now there's a shift to people wanting to see more like behind the scenes, authentic, messy, like this is my real life. Um, And I can embrace both because like I like that artistic side that lines everything up nicely in a row and is like cutting the strawberries perfectly and picking out all the same size blueberries. Like to me, that's really meditative and fun. But then I also like embracing the authenticity that Instagram is hopefully moving towards. And for you, what kind of a post is that? A more raw post looks like what from you? Yeah, I'm like, I'm I'm kind of figuring that out right now because my day job, the last we're going to talk about them. four years has essentially been clean market. So I've kind of been MIA on Instagram, but you know, I mean, from the very basic level, it's like taking pictures on like wooden backgrounds or like at restaurants, just with more like context for the photo. Whereas I shot everything on white. Yeah. Um, 
And then also starting to share more beyond food. Was there a viral post or one that stands out in your mind? I think it was really the smoothie bowls. Yeah. Yeah. You're certified as an integrative nutrition health coach through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. When did you decide to pursue things formally with a degree and what did you enjoy most about going through that process? So I was working full-time in education um, and I knew I wanted to make the transition to wellness, but I'm a very risk averse person. You are. That's so, so interesting. To me. I had to do, I really am. Um, I, in my mind, all the preparation possible to make that transition. Yeah. And I was debating at the time whether to go back to get my nutrition degree, like the full registered dietitian degree, which takes, you know, it's a couple of years on the program, a couple more, and then an internship. Um, and so I was weighing that between health coaching, which is more like a month program. And my blog and Instagram were really taking off. I had the book coming down the pipeline. So I felt like that was the right thing for me at that moment that would allow me to learn and grow in that aspect. Um, while not being like a nutritionist. Um, so it was like the right thing for me at the right time. And it was really valuable. It allowed me to then dive a little bit more into functional medicine and intern at a functional medicine practice and just learn a lot more and be immersed in really everything I was interested in. Where did you intern? I was at Parsley Health, oh, great. which you may be familiar yeah. with. Wow. What yeah. an amazing experience. Yeah. So well and good. I, yeah, I think it was well and good did a little write-up on them at the time. Again, this was probably 2000, um, I guess maybe 15, 16. I was going to say it had to be before 17. So yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Um, and I was like, this sounds um, incredible. And I just blind reached out um, and went for it. And so I was, I interned there for several months until I made the full leap. And then I started working there part-time. We started to talk about your book of recipes, Good Clean Food, which was published in 2017. And I think this is how we met because I went to an event for it on Canal Street. Yes. Right? It was that, that was a book event. Yes. I was there. That was a book event. Yes. Exactly. Do you remember meeting me there or do you remember meeting me somewhere else? I thought I met you at a Rebecca Minkoff event. That too, actually, because she's one of my closest okay. <laughs> she's one of my closest friends. It wasn't at Haven Kitchen, was it? No. No, but I used to teach cooking classes there. Was it at the Beach Inn? So many. Yeah, we definitely, yeah, that was it too. But I was also at this book event that you did on Canal Street. Remember that? Yes. Oh, yes. I remember that. I remember it's that little space with the kitchen. Exactly. And then I did, you know, my whole thing is bowls. And we collaborated with Sweet Green on the event and made custom bowls from the book, which was fun. It was great. It was incredible. You talked about how the Ford was written by Bobby Brown. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about that. What has collaborating with Bobby been like over the years? What have you learned in terms of your collaborations with her? What have you learned from her, entrepreneur to entrepreneur? Yeah, so much. I mean, she, I think it starts when I was like a teenager, preteen. Like I had all of her books in my room and was obsessed with everything being Bobby Brown. And so it was really cool to work with her and see her path and behind the scenes. And, um, I think what her challenges were, what she was excited about. And I mean, she just has a spirit of like bootstrapping and you can do everything or anything rather. Um, and that's 
really inspiring. And just seeing her transition from Bobby Brown to Jones Road was kind of in like the sweet spot of like when I was working with her and just seeing that whole transition and launch and how she did that was really amazing. Um, and I think for me, cause again, I am risk averse. <laughs> it really that. is just like, <laughs> it's so funny to me. I know you're like, why did you start a business? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, you don't seem risk averse to me at all. Yeah. Um, no, she really has like a, just go for it mentality. And I think, you know, it's, you don't have to have every piece in place. You don't need to know everything. I think that's her, her spirit in the best way possible. Um, you don't need to raise however many millions of dollars to do what you want to do. Um, just like go for it. Start putting one foot in front of the other. She, and she really is an inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Your book is organized in the best way. The sections are awaken, detox, nourish, restore, sustain, and savor. And it includes recipes for things like facial masks and detox bath. I love that your recipes are organized by feeling. Do you approach your own day-to-day with those goals in mind, food and otherwise? Yes and no. You know, it's like, my day-to-day has changed so much. So if I was to sit down and write a cookbook today after starting a business, it would look different. And also, you know, having written it six years ago or more, um, it would look different. I still love thinking about it that way. And I do, yes, in that I'm always listening to my body and making decisions based on what my body's telling me. And I think I've been able to hone that over the past however many years. Um, so, you know, if I wake up and I have a headache, I'm going to make something different than if I woke up and I felt super energized or if I wake up and feel tired, like I do cook and feed myself and fuel myself based on that. Um, and then you know, I also am a lot more kind of relaxed now about what I incorporate into my life on a daily basis, given my schedule and just where I'm at in life right now. You're largely known for your plant-based style of cooking and recipes, but you've incorporated meat these days or where are you with that? Yeah, I have a lot more. And I think, you know, one of the reasons I didn't um, in my first cookbook is like I was cooking at home for the first time. And to me, meat was really intimidating. Sure. And, you know, even though it actually is relatively simple to cook, particularly certain types of meat, it was intimidating. And um, a a plant-based lifestyle just really fit where I was at. Um, and then as, you know, I explored health a little more and experimented with what I was eating, I figured out that for me personally, I felt a lot better incorporating like a little bit of grass fed beef and pasture-raised chicken and salmon and all of that. And I got comfortable cooking with it. So now my weekly dinners look a lot different. So I think, you know, the percentage of plant-based food on the plate is still high and it's a lot of whole foods, but then it does incorporate a lot more of those high quality proteins. High quality being the important difference, right? Plant-based is something that people are becoming more and more familiar with and interested in. So can you share any tips for consuming meat and fish with people who are looking in to step into more of a plant-based diet and put meat and maybe fish onto the back burner, like, you know, the 80-20 rule, for example? Yeah, I think it's really about incorporating whole foods onto the plate and that'll get you most of the way. And so you can figure out from there exactly what works for you. I would say a good goal is to incorporate protein, greens, and healthy fats onto your plate at most meals. 
And so that can look different. Like that could be a salad with olive oil or avocado or nuts. And then the protein could be plant-based. It could be a tofu or tempeh, um, or it could be the salmon or the steak, grass-fed steak or pasture-raised chicken. So it really depends. And I think, you know, one of the points of feedback I get a lot is like being healthy is expensive or, you know, the grass-fed beef is a lot more expensive than the regular beef. Like, is there really a difference? Um, And the truth is, is like, there is a difference from a health perspective, um, but the quantity of the beef you need to eat is not as large as you might imagine. That's true. The American diet is, you know, is so is is based on these huge quantities, right? All you need, I mean, people should be eating much smaller portions than a lot of people realize, right? Exactly. Right. So it's just about prioritizing, um, what you're putting on your plate and making it work for you. What are your specific go-to sources of protein on a weekly basis? I live right by a great butcher shop in Brooklyn and they have great cuts of meat across the board. And I would say I usually always go for one of their chickens, whether it's they have pre-roasted chickens, which is a great hack get you through a busy week. Uh, they also have chickens that I'll throw in the oven whole. And then the grass fed beef is great. I love that for myself personally. I feel much better when I'm incorporating that into my diet. Um, and then I also really like their ground chicken. Back to your book for a minute. It also includes 10 tips for living in a dirty city. I want to talk about tips four and six and 10. Let's put it in your calendar, pack your pantry and make it a meditation. I think calendar and pantry are things that people don't realize make such a huge impact on one's ability to put together the right kind of meal. And meditation, I think, is a perspective that people don't consider tied to cooking. It's a perspective that I think should be recognized, don't you? I do. I think, you know, putting it in your calendar is so helpful. For me, I have to do that when it comes to exercise. If it's not in my calendar, it's not happening. Cooking can be a little bit easier for me, but definitely not exercise. So I do try to put it in my calendar. Um, For meditation, for me, it always feels incredibly meditative. But to your point, It's meditative when you don't have to run home from work at seven o'clock and go pick up groceries and chop all the vegetables and do this and that, and then make a huge mess in the kitchen and then do the dishes. So it is about putting certain parameters in place or packing your pantry so you can come home and you know that like, you don't really, you don't really have to go shopping. You can put something together or maybe you're picking up one thing at the grocery store Um, and then you can make a one pot meal or you can make something really simple and easy, or you're chopping those veggies. And that's the first time in the day that you're not looking at a screen. Um, and you're just kind of zenned out. So there's a way to approach it that can become so meditative and such a beautiful part of the day to unwind and relax. And then ultimately you sit down and you're nourishing yourself. And truly, that's the best thing. So excited to talk about Clean Market. Now, with multiple locations in New York City and Las Vegas, your latest co-founded venture. How can I become a member ASAP? I can't believe I am not one yet. I'm truly perplexed by this. I have to become one. How did Clean Market come together as an idea and business? And who are your partners, Lily? The initial idea was for a wellness space. I have three three business partners. Um, one of my partners is the founder of NutriDrip, which is the IV drip part of our business, our love. IV therapy spa. I love an IV drip. They are the best. And then our two other partners both work in real estate and development, hence what has become the brick and mortar model that we are. So we really kind of divide. It's me and my business partner 
who run kind of like the day to day. Um, and he really oversees operations and finance. And I'm more on like the marketing and product side. But the initial idea was for a wellness space, which then became Clean Market. So we all really had a similar idea and were connected through the universe, we kind of like to say, of bringing everything under one roof. So my expertise at the time was really in food and functional medicine and product curation. Um, And we ultimately landed with this like premium collection of products and services that are designed to support your personal health goals. Um, And then we really have it all guided by our team of medical professionals. See, that's incredible. You offer NutriDrip IV drip therapy, infrared sauna therapy, whole body cryotherapy, lymphatic drainage massage, all via a doctor-led team, as you're saying, which is a differentiator in terms of what exists in the market, both by being doctor-led and also because of that specific curation that you have, that specific curated quartet, IV, sauna, cryo, and lymphatic drainage. How did you determine what you would offer um, those four services and how did ideas for the offerings take shape? Yeah, so we actually just launched our lymphatic drainage last week. And so we launched it under what we are referring to as our wellness hub, which is at our clean market NoHo location. Yeah. And it's our hub of result, our results driven clean treatments innovation center. So we worked hard to develop a signature method that incorporates traditional lymphatic techniques with more fascia release techniques. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. You have to come in and experience it. uh, We'll run there as soon as possible. (laughs) Literally. But you know, we, we already had IV drips as a core part of our business and infrared and cryo were great complements to the IV drip therapy. We were thinking about the whole body and um, kind of benefits that feed off of each other for the services. And just, you know, to be honest, on, on one hand, it was a lot of like research. And then on the other hand, it was kind of a hypothesis. And we are like, let's try these services to start. And some services have been more effective or successful than others. And that's one of the reasons we introduced our wellness hub so that we could bring in new services based on the feedback we've received, based on the research we're doing before we roll it out across all four of our stores. It's so smart. I think it's such a unique curation right now. What can you share what you, what you're looking at for future, maybe bringing on and testing and trying? It's interesting to know what people are asking for. Yeah, it's kind of a range. I mean, right now I see us, we're very like social wellness, recreational wellness, and what we're doing does have very powerful outcomes. And as I said, we're led by this medical team and we have access to a lot of research and a lot of experts. And so when we're thinking about the services that we're introducing, we're thinking about innovative services that can create a holistic treatment program for someone based on use cases, you know, whether it's increasing energy or boosting immunity or boosting metabolism or recovery. Like there's so many different use cases we're thinking about. Um, And then having those all backed by clinical research. How did you get connected to the doctor piece of the business? So important. So that actually existed before I joined since my business partner had previously founded NutriDrip. Yeah. Um, And that's one of my favorite parts of the business because I just, I love learning and I love learning from doctors and from nurse practitioners and other, other experts in the field. Yeah. Especially given, you know, the fact that you went to school for your own training in your own way, I would think that must be super important to you. 
I love that you have a location in Vegas. That's genius, really. Uh, how are you guys looking to expand further? Yeah, so our location in Vegas definitely took a little bit of convincing. My partners were super gung-ho on that location. And I was like, Vegas, really? Like, I'm, I'm not a Vegas girl. Right. Uh, or I wasn't, or I should say I wasn't at the time. Right, it makes so much sense. And I, I think the win is a great place to be. But anyway. Yeah, the win is an awesome place to be. I love that location. I go there all the time. It's been one of the best decisions for us as a business. Um, and I kind of fell in love in Vegas in my own way. And I actually joined the win wellness committee. So they assembled a committee, um, and invited me to join and essentially work with them to come up with their wellness programming. That's fantastic. Congratulations. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. It's been awesome to see what they're doing behind the scenes to really, you know, they, we know that when or Las Vegas is never going to be a premier destination for wellness, right. but there it's, it's, it's a secondary wellness market. And like someone who's into wellness can have the best experience there possible. Yeah. So, I mean, you're servicing that customer. Plenty of people travel to Las Vegas for plenty of reasons and want to have access to those kinds of services. I think it's amazing that you guys have jumped in there with it, you know? Exactly. Did the COVID-19 pandemic dampen clean markets progress? I feel like clean market launched in when, 2018? We started working on clean market in 2017. So yes, our first doors opened in 2018. And then COVID was definitely tough for us. We were about to open two doors in March of 2020, our Las Vegas location and our Brookfield Place location. So our Las Vegas location actually opened two days before the shutdown, which was March 17th, 2020. And then our Brookfield Place location was opening about a week. It was slated to open about a week after. Crazy. Yeah. So the fortunate thing was our build outs were done. <laughs> so thankfully, that was great. Thankfully, we didn't have to worry about construction during COVID. Um, and, you know, it was hard. We're, we're a brick and mortar business. That is a hundred percent how we make our money. And we essentially shut that off for at least the next six months. We slowly started to open since we are a medical practice. We were able to open parts of our business, at least the IV drip portion. Um, but it was it was definitely tough. I mean, it was that revenue stream drying up overnight. But then if we had to find a silver lining, I think it did allow us to slow down a little bit and think about thoughtful expansion and what we were going to do next. Yeah. I think that was a takeaway for a lot of people. Can you explain clean markets philosophy of modern wellness for everyone every day and how you guys want to shape what that actually means? We want to make wellness and that word can be kind of nebulous mysterious yes mysterious but we do we want to try to demystify it and make it more accessible and we're working on how we can do that um and i think the biggest way we're working on that is you know in however many years i see us as becoming more of an educational hub so right now we're offering the collection of products and services and we'll continue to do that but we will you know add on much more education on how you can do this at home how you can incorporate small things into your daily life that will make a huge difference um and i think that part of our education if you follow us on social media if you follow our blog which we're ramping up again is like we share tips and tricks that have nothing to do with being in the store like I'm all about thermotherapies using infrared saunas and cryotherapy, but there's so many ways to incorporate those techniques at home. And we're not shy about sharing that. Like I want people to dip their toe in, in 
whatever way they can. So whether it's taking hot baths with Epsom salts or taking cold showers or running into the ocean and doing a polar plunge, like those types of things. Um, it's really just starting to incorporate small habits into your daily life, seeing the impact on how it makes you feel and ultimately incorporating things that make you feel your best so that you can live your life to the fullest. I love that. Can you talk about what Clean Market has in its wellness shops and how you go about choosing items for it? So this is one of my favorite parts of the job is the curation of the wellness shop. One of the unique things about our wellness shop is that we're able to carry medical grade supplements since we are operating under a medical practice. So a lot of my favorite brands in the supplement space we're able to carry. Like what are your favorite brands? Like Metagenics, Designs for Health, Integrative Therapeutics, all of those good ones. And that's really exciting for me because we can really stand behind the supplements we carry. And of course, um, I don't know how much you know about the supplement industry, but it's not a highly regulated industry. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. So we have high standards for everything across the board. And I feel like we can really stand behind them because of that. So we have a ton of supplements in the shop, both medical grade and non-medical grade that we thoroughly research and look into their ingredients and sourcing Um, along with skincare, all clean products. We have a long list of the no's of what ingredients can not be in there. And then obviously we're looking for other ingredients we like. And then we also have a big self-care section and tool section. So it's everything from like dry brushes and LED lights and Theraguns and just all of those wellness tools that you can bring home and incorporate into your daily life. Lily, what's your philosophy on work? I'd love to get your current perspective and the way that you add time to work into your weekly schedule, especially now with how radically all structure around work has changed post, you know, the depths of the pandemic. Things have changed for a number of reasons. How long do you work each day? Do you work during certain hours? Are there other rituals and practices you enforce around work? So I'm a Libra, so I'm all about balance. Balance is important to me, I would say. And um, when we started the business years ago, you know, when you're starting any business, there is imbalance because you're working on it all the time. Four years later, the imbalance still exists. Um, And so I get it. I think it's, yeah, exactly. I'm still figuring out how to navigate that imbalance. And you just got married. There's that too. Yes. I just got married. Um, and I think, you know, I am good at having boundaries or I've gotten better over time. So we do go to the office, which helps. I actually, I'm here at home right now. Um, cause our wifi in the office the last two days have been terrible. So there's always that, but, um, Yeah, we go to the office, which I think really helps because it allows like a set time for us to be collaborative and work together. Um, And we're really flexible in terms of our working hours. So all that matters is like we're getting stuff done. So I think it goes back to like listening to what you need and figuring out if there is a week that's really imbalanced, like how you can balance the next day or the next week. If you stayed up till midnight working on something, can you sleep in the next day? Um, Can you go for a walk in the morning with your dog? Can I leave an hour early to get a lymphatic massage? And like, kind of always evaluating that so that I can keep moving forward. And I really try to honor that because it's not like the imbalance or the work is going to change in a week or a month or a year. You know, you kind of have to figure out how to manage it if it's something that you really want to do. Yeah, true. 
Are there plans for another book or any sub brands? So not any official plans. I have a couple ideas in the pipeline that I want to explore, but I do know how big of a project a book is. So I talk about this all the time with our guests. Books are, are beasts. They're just got to dedicate so much. It's a lot of hard work, right? Yes. I'll give you a hint to my idea though, which is that my sister is a preschool teacher and I want to collaborate on a book with her. Oh, I like this. Yeah. I feel like that without knowing too much, I feel like that's a much needed book that needs to come out. (laughs) Yes. I hope so. Hopefully in the next couple of years, but it's great because she has summers off. So I could take advantage of that. Oh, that's perfect. We'll look out for that. What do you think makes for a strong brand identity? What have you learned? I love branding and I love being a part of the brand process. I think for us, this is actually one of the challenges we've had because we started as two brands. So we started as the clean market brand, but our IV drip nutrient spa is called NutriDrip. And it had its whole own brand identity. So we still have two separate websites and two separate Instagrams. And we are one company. So it's this interesting kind of confusing thing that we've had to navigate that we really tackled over the last like five months and how we want to move forward with the brand identities. And we're about to roll out kind of what that will look like and how we're going to keep brand consistent across it without it being as confusing as it was. Um, Because we all know that brand is so important um, when it comes to trust and building credibility and just so much more. I feel like you probably have great ideas around how to get there you know, how to, how to keep honing your brand. I feel like you, you probably have a lot of learnings about that over the years. Yeah. A lot of learnings. And I think like I had zero, essentially zero experience when it comes to brick and mortar and how you present a brand in a brick and mortar experience. Yeah. A whole different ballgame. So, yeah, exactly. And so I've learned a ton there when it comes to wayfinding and in-store materials and signage and just so much that I never knew previously. Let's talk about your own personal care, uh, personal self-care practices for a minute. What does a week in self-care look like for you? It's probably way less intense than people might think. And it's gotten way less intense over time and less routinized. I it's really to me about getting back to basics. So like the core essentials of moving my body. Um, I, I recently was listening to some research and podcasts that you really shouldn't talk about anything regarding food and supplements and all of that until you start moving your body. Interesting concept. Which was because none of that matters unless you're moving your body, I guess is the idea, right? Essentially. Yeah. Yep, that's the idea. Pretty radical way of thinking, but it makes sense, right? Yeah. Start moving your body, see what happens. Um, but to me, moving my body is one of the hardest parts again of of my wellness journey. So I schedule it in and I try to do a couple strength training sessions a week and then moving your body can definitely be walking 10 minute Pilates classes at home, like things like that. So just getting like a light foundation, a good foundation of moving my body. Um, my diet, just going back to whole foods and, you know, I'm always gluten-free because of celiacs dairy-free for acne and then limiting, it's going back to the basics, limiting sugar, limiting alcohol, processed foods and all of that. I did like a two week, two or three week elimination right before my wedding. Oh, you did. And it was, 
I did. What it, happened? Was, it was nothing. It was nothing super intense, but my skin was like the best it's been in years. Unbelievable. Just totally cleared. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I guess I know what I need to do. What was that? I mean, was it because you already don't, you're already eliminating dairy. So what was it like nightshades? What do you think did it to your skin? I think we're eating more processed foods than we we realize. That's such a good point. Yeah. So I really cut out the processed foods to like zero along with any like inflammatory oils that we might be eating and like salad dressings out, things like that. I was cooking all my food. Um, I cut my carbs a little bit, so nothing processed. And like a lot of carbs are processed. So it was just super clean. I also was only drinking like tequila on the rocks or mezcal, um, no wine, nothing kind of with any sugar and stuff like that. So Again, it's one of those trade-offs you make, like, you know, the pros and cons and I weigh them. And like this past weekend I was at a wedding and I'm going to enjoy some wine. And like, there was some dairy in a sauce and this and that. And like, that's a choice I make. Um, and I'm fine with it, but you know, it's, I know how it's going to impact my body and my skin the next week. Are there any self-care recipes from your book that you whip up kind of regularly or occasionally? All of your recipes from your book are a form of self-care really, but I'm talking about the scrubs or the treatments or the masks or the baths. Any of those in your routine or that you you still go to or you like to do? Yeah, I still do a ton of Manuka honey masks or just like any high quality honey mask is like so nice and soothing for acne and you can mix whatever in that makes sense for you. So like sometimes I'll do turmeric, which you have to be a little careful of for staining um, or a little bit of lemon. Um, and just like, I also have like a spirulina one that I still make. So it's kind of like whatever is in my pantry and then whatever's going on with my face at the moment. But the Manuka honey is the go-to. I feel like people would want these facials from you at Clean Market, you know? That's not a bad idea. Facial, And that actually, we do have, I can give a sneak peek. We have a sculpting facial coming down the pipeline very soon. Exciting. And we are actually incorporating a lot of the products we have in our store, which are obviously, you know, the next best thing to homemade. That's right. Are there any new recipes you're putting together or trying at home, both food recipes or self-care recipes? Any Anything you're testing right now or trying? I'm really on this one sheet pan kick. So that's what I'm working on. And I'm going to launch a series soon. I'm getting back into the recipe game because I kind of took a multiple year hiatus. And I realized, you know, it's still something that's important to me. It's something that I love to do and it's what I'm doing at home naturally. So I'm working on this one pot series right now. Um, and it'll be mostly plant-based, but then I'm also going to start experimenting, incorporating in, you know, some high quality meats and proteins. Cause I've seen my audience evolve over time too. And I just feel like people would love to see that from you. Like if I'm, if, I, if I'm going to eat meat, I'd love for Lily to show right. me how, you know? Yeah. Uh, and what do you love for entertaining? I know that sharing food with friends is part of your philosophy. What would a top meal for entertaining look like? What four items would you make, for example? I always do a board because I think a board can be so accommodating. I'm the person like I know every single allergy or preference of a person coming right, over. The, right. You don't need to worry about it. It's ingrained in you. You know, you know what the safe foods are, right? Exactly. I know the safe foods and I always ask people because um, I want people to feel comfortable and have something to eat. So I always make like some type of big board with like different dips and spreads and all of that. Um, and then usually for entertaining, 
at least during the summer and the last season, we just go up to the roof and grill something amazing. And then I'll make like a couple of side salads, maybe like a big leafy green salad, or I have like a potato salad I love, or corn salad, whatever is really in season. And people can kind of make their own plate, whether they want to be completely plant-based. I always have enough to feed completely plant-based or vegan friends, um, which is my mom, my best friend's husband. Oh, so people that are close to you. Yeah. Yeah. People that are close to me. And then also the alternative for the meat lover. That's always the challenge. How do you think you've gotten your best ideas over the years? What does that entail for you? How do you get your creative juices flowing? I think things, I usually just have them like pop into my head. (laughs) Write them down? I write them down. um, But when I'm feeling stuck, it's always about trying to create some type of state change. So like the simplest way would be like going for a walk or like going into the infrared sauna or doing a hard workout or taking a bath, like just creating some type of state change. Cause I feel like when you create physical changes in your body, you also then shift mentally. So that's one way. And then the other, I think is perspective and travel, like physically getting very far away from a place or what you've been stuck in and just seeing fresh perspectives, whether it's food environment or just literally perspective of being somewhere else. And it just gets the creative juices flowing. Like I was just in Mallorca for my honeymoon. It's beautiful. It's stunning. And you just come back with fresh ideas, fresh perspective, whether it's recipes or you think about something in the business differently what would be a top tip for that you would give for balancing being creative and being in the business of being in business? What's one thing that somebody can do? What would be a go-to thing for you that keeps the balance in place? It's about, and this is something we're still working on, particularly our entire marketing team, because the marketing team is highly creative and is all about creating and essentially designing content. And I think it's really about blocking off time again, which doesn't sound sexy, but it's like Mondays are the day to explore the neighborhood or go to an exhibit or do X, Y, Z and create that space to think because I think as a creative, like if you, you, if you don't have the space to think, nothing will happen. So if you're in meetings all day um, and it's just like back-to-back chaos all day, you're never going to come up with your greatest idea. It's so true. It's so true. All right, Lily, let's wrap up with what is on your list of favorite things these days. Uh, not ranked in order. What are you obsessed with? What's number one? Oh my gosh. My dog. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. What's number one? I mean, I'm obsessed with lymphatic drainage right now. We just launched it. I did it all leading up to my wedding. Um, And I've been doing it now at the store and it just makes me feel amazing. What else from a lifestyle perspective, fashion accessories, beauty items? So I love Starling jewelry. I love my engagement ring that we custom designed with her. It's Chelsea is a friend of mine. I've known her for years. And actually I didn't, I shouldn't say I designed it. My husband (laughs) and her designed it, (laughs) but I love it. Um, And I just love everything she stands for and what she's doing um, in the industry. And she has a really cool new business that she's launching that I'm hoping to work with her on that you can send in old jewelry, old heirlooms. Um, and like, I have these little tiny diamond earrings that my grandpa gave me when I I don't know, I was probably like 18 that I want to turn into something else. 
Um, so she makes what's old new again in a more chic, cool way. That's very cool. What else? What would be number three books or oh, in care so, or binge watching? Yeah. Yeah. I am reading everything fertility right now. So there's like, I think most of my, a lot of my friends are either pregnant or just had a baby. And so I have this long list of recommendations from them. And I'm right now I'm reading, taking charge of your fertility. Is Amy Raup on your list of authors? Do you know that name? Does that sound familiar? Yes. I love her. Yeah. She's a, she's a long, she's a long time friend of mine at this point. And I've worked with her for years. She's great. Her tips are great. She's amazing. And I mean, that's, that's another obsession of mine. I love acupuncture. Yeah, me too. Yep. It's so great for me and for your nervous system. And I think that level of self-care of like an expert practitioner taking care of you weekly or bi-weekly or whenever you can go is such a game changer. Number five. I think right now, um, I love the moon juice supplement super you. So I have a really extensive supplement routine. I don't have that one. I don't know that one. So it's an adaptogenic blend. It's actually been out for a while. Yeah. And I'm always, I'm always a guinea pig. I'm always trying new supplements and seeing how they work on me and incorporating them into my routine. And this is one that I've stuck with for a while. And then I kind of took a break from and reincorporated it a few weeks ago. And I can really tell the difference when I'm on oh, it. Oh, interesting. Okay. I have to, yeah. I kind of have this, like, you'll, you'll get a kick out of this. I kind of have like a little, like a powders bar in my kitchen of like all my little powder supplements that I can mix for like a hot drink or a smoothie or whatever. Um, and I've, I love that. Yeah. I've, I have these nice jars that they're in, um, but I've not tried that one. So I will try that one soon. Number six. Skincare. I am really into the Marie Veronique line with Christina Holy. For me, it was also one of those things I was using a while ago and reincorporated and my skin just loves it. It's essential oil free. So it has like all of the active ingredients that you love without any essential oils. So it's really good for acne prone skin, sensitive skin. So which particular product is this? It's the whole line. The whole line that, that you love. Mm-hmm. It's the whole line, but I particularly love the vitamin C serum. Um, and then they have a barrier restore serum that I use and the B vitamin serum. So it's like those three serums that I use along with, I mean, it's really the whole line. I'm about to list every, every product in the line, but those are the three good ones. Great ones. This is great. Thanks so much for chatting, Lily. Thanks for being on the podcast. I hope I get to see you soon. Yes. Thanks so much for having me.